Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Chattanooga leading Illinois by one with 17 seconds left. Illinois going to the line. Joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Jerry Klein, head coach of Crete and Durham Hall. They are going back to the state tournament. They were running up there last year. I mean to tell you, they had to earn it last night. It was some kind of a basketball game. Jerry, thank you for joining us. Max, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on, buddy. Can you explain how this thing ended last night with Eastridge? And everybody kind of thought it would be Eastridge and Creed Durham Hall in the section finals. It was, and then it was decided in the final minute. What happened? Well, I'll be honest. The last three years, we played Woodbury and Eastridge in the section finals, and we've been fortunate enough to get the win. And all of them have been on the last uh, plays of the game made huh. by uh, Trey Holloman. And, and we're lucky to have five on our side, I'll tell you that. He just makes plays. What did he do? Didn't he have the game winner last night, or what was it? Yep, he had a. Uh, we had the ball with 17 seconds left. Uh, Wait, now you're down by one at the time, or what? Yeah, we're down uh, 51 to 50. We're down one, and he just makes a nice play, hits a 15 foot jumper with two seconds left, and huh. it was good enough to be the game winner. Wow, Illinois, by the way, hits the free throws and win at 54 53. Wow, just barely, Jerry, and that's why that we love the tournaments, just like your game uh, last night. We'll come back to college basketball in a minute. But uh, they've got Kendall Blue, of course, and you guys know each other well, and I understand it was a pretty good atmosphere out there last night. Oh, just a great high school environment. It's what uh, you know, high school is all about, and March Madness. It just uh, Eastridge brought it, and their kids played hard and played well, and they're well coached. And I just uh, I'm so happy for our kids and our coaching staff and our community. We just, uh, you know, they made a 10-0 run, and we, we never backed down and kept our composure and played through a lot of adversity. And um, it, was a, it was a well-fought game, and, and um, we're just fortunate enough to be moving on to next week. How how do you guys compare to last year's team that went to the finals and lost to Wyzetta? Yeah, we're similar in a lot of ways. We just, we've got guys that understand their roles, Maxie. We've got unselfish guys, and they're uh, so coachable, and they like each other, and it's just been a... Um, you know, we've got 10 losses, but, you know, in those losses, we, we've learned a lot and, and become better, and and uh, we um, are just excited about where we're at. Well, I mean, you said that 10 losses, and nobody expected you guys to lose 10 games, to be quite honest with you, this year, and, and you, you had some new people, et cetera, and then you had some, some illness, the flu, uh, some of that stuff. It, it, what happened this year? Because, it, uh, you know, you, you're used to Crete and running the table or, you know, three-loss season, that kind of thing. Uh, you guys were kind of all over the map. What, what was that like in December and January? 
Well, it's called it's called adversity, right? And we had a we had a bunch of we make no excuses um, with uh, the pandemic and um, some illness and stuff like that. But other teams had those situations as well. Um, you want to be playing your best basketball in March, and we've won eight in a row, um, like a lot of teams. And we just feel fortunate to be here, and we don't make excuses, right? We just uh, come out and fight and keep competing, and that's what our guys have done. And our coaching staff has prepared our fellows and. Um, they're ready for battle next week. What'd you do to bring them together when you when you're getting through that? Because you knew you had the pieces. Yeah, you know, it's just believing, it's confidence, um, believing in their ability, and then just making sure that they're on the same page. I, I think what's a lost art is, is communicating to players, uh, having a lot of one-on-one meetings, making sure the team is on the same page, and that we just kind of validate each other that you know, there's no I and team. We're all together in this and and making sure that, yes, we have some dynamic players, but we can't do it without Miles Bollinger. We can't do it without Adam Tower. We can't do it without, you know, some of our other guys, and they stepped up and have been huge for us. Now, uh, you mentioned Trey Holloman, the, the uh, much-celebrated point guard that's going to Michigan State. What was the process like with him? You've had different players recruited, of course, since you've been there. What was it like for him in terms of the college recruiting process? Yeah, I mean, he had over 30 or 40 offers. I don't even know the number. Um, he could have picked him where he wanted to go. And I just think for Trey, um, he just fell in love with Coach Izzo and that staff as far as um, the way they recruited him, the way they did it the right way. Um, they just really uh, exhibited a lot of um, things that he wants to do as a point guard. And what point guard would want to play for Coach Izzo, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's a point guard kind of coach. And um, Trey can take coaches all there'll be a, a different level of that at, at, at that division one level uh trey will be able to handle that and the thing about trey is anything that comes his way with adversity he just rises up to the challenge and he always finds a way to get it done and um you know love coach johnson coach thor at minnesota um they got the job you know it was a little bit late um but they're great they're great recruiters and great guys and they're getting a lot of minnesota kids to stay home but for Trey, this was a great natural fit for him, and we're excited. Now, now, Jerry, you counsel a lot of players through this, because and, and those that, that that leave and go play different places as well, like Hadley is transferred, et cetera. This transfer portal thing, how is that concerning to the high school players that come out and they're and they're going? Well, I don't know if they're going to recruit a you know grad transfer. How, how has that changed the game for where you sit? Because you talk to a lot of college coaches. I've got a player right now in Donovan Kane, who pre-pandemic era pre-transfer portal stuff, this guy's a Division One talent, would have probably anywhere from 15 to 25 offers. And yes, he's only been one year with us, but to answer your question, Max, it's changed everything because now the colleges wait on these grad transfers to see, sure. hey, can I get a 22-year-old senior versus an 18-year-old freshman? And, and that's what they're me- in his case, that's what they're measuring is they're saying, yeah, we like your game, kid, but you're going to have to wait because we got to see what happens in April here, huh? And that's where you see a lot of players now going to prep school because they just can't find maybe the place they want to go or maybe it's the level or whatever. And so that's really becoming a factor. And you saw Kendall Blue do that, go to Sunrise Christian Academy, and some other players have done that out of Minnesota. And, and so, again, it's changed the culture and, and, and recruiting for colleges in a big time. It's really kind of hurt the high school student-athlete. Well, are, are there enough prep schools in the country, though, to facilitate that or are more popping up? Because this has been you know, I, I, kind of problematic for a lot of high-end players. 
You know, Max, I, I wish I could answer that. That would be a Tony Asbeck. Yeah, I'd be able to know that one. I don't know how many prep schools are out there. I know, obviously, we've got some, but as far as the number, I have no idea, to be honest with you. Yeah, it, it just seems like you know, everybody says that. And I suppose, you know, in junior college, you can go, but then the clock starts ticking for you. That's kind of a lost start, too. But, but like, like, you take a kid like Trey, who, who's been under the spotlight for a long time, and, and Izzo comes and talks to him. Does he say specifically, this is what we expect from you when you get there? This is what we think you can do how, how in-depth do they go or is it more like hey once we get you we'll, we'll, we'll fill in the blanks no those guys are direct they, they want a guy who defends they want a guy with some toughness they want a guy that they know i mean i just remember hearing the conversations in our gym and listening to what coach Itza would say at usa basketball out in colorado when you go watch a town out there and they're very direct and they're only gonna they're only gonna recruit a certain kind of guy not everybody can play for coach Itza. That's just the, that's just the truth. Yep. So you either going to fit what they do, or they're moving on to the next guy. Yep. So they identify it. You want in? Okay. You don't. We move on. You want in? You're all in, and you're a Spartan, huh? Absolutely. Oh, that's interesting. Now, now uh, Daniel Turo, you had as well, and of course he had a nice career with the Gophers, and then left, got drafted, etc. Where is he at right now? He is with the Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Bulls um, G League, um, doing a fantastic job putting up. Some serious numbers we're hoping that he gets back in the league if not this year obviously have a chance next year but he's putting up massive double doubles um doing well but uh, again uh, we'll see where his future holds but uh, he's got you know still high aspirations and we're hoping the best for him and guys like that looking for a 10 day is that their next step for them and then you hope you impress somebody and stick or how is that game played yeah he's had he's had about three or four of those matches yeah. where he's had the 10 dayers in toronto and you know, the Clippers, and I think it was Denver or something like that. But it's it's kind of crazy because with all the COVID and players and all the things they get to do for exemptions, um, yeah, you hope he sticks on somewhere that someone can use a power forward of his ability. And um, we'll, see what the, we'll see how that transpires. Jerry, you get seated, of course, uh, this week, and then you uh, you know, you figure it out from there. But you've had a chance to at least scan the uh, uh, Class 4A field. What stands out to you? Talent, talent, yeah. and talent. I mean, Park Center, Wyzetta, it looks like Eden Prairie might upset Shakopee here. I don't know if you want to call an upset, but they're up 12 with uh, under five minutes left. But uh, Oatana won tonight. And so, I mean, you got just plethora of talent everywhere in this level. And who's ever going to survive on Saturday night has earned it, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and you guys, have, you play each other a lot, or, you know, there's a lot of common opponents. So you know a lot about these other teams, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Obviously, Park Center's loaded. Wyzetta's loaded. Um, I mean, ECU's really talented squad. So, again, we, we know these teams. We play them. So, there's not like there's any hidden surprises. Um, you know, you got to have your best players playing at a high level this time of the year. There's no question. And it looks like that's where you guys are at right now. Yeah, we're fortunate, and we're we're playing a really good brand of basketball. Um, and, again, we're just, uh, you know, like I said, we're happy to be here, but we're not satisfied. Um, we got some unfinished business from last year, and um, we know that it's going to take a lot, and we're excited for the opportunity. And, and Tuesday is when it starts for you, right? Yeah, we have a seating tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, and then we, um, we'll play at the um, Target Center at uh, Tuesday, either 10, noon, 2, or 4, and then it turns over to Williams Arena after that. All fun, though. All good stuff. Hey, Jerry, thank you so much, and congratulations. 
Hey, Max, you appreciate you and all your coverage of uh, prep sports. You're awesome, man. Our pleasure completely. And say hi to the Yes Bowl. I will do it. Okay. Jerry Klein on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. We come back. Another update on the NCAA tournament and more. Stay with us. 821 and change. Sports to the max the show. Fergus Falls and the Colback Girl off to a good start, 19-5. to They are leading Minnehaha Academy in girls basketball. Providence Academy won earlier. Hancock and Minnesota in Class 1A will play for the championship after winning today. Um, so that's going on. High school basketball, Eden Prairie, it looks like they may upset Shakopee uh, up in double digits late in that game. And uh, more to come on that. Minneapolis North playing tonight, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the NCAA tournament is in round one, day two. Chris Tubbs, get us up to speed. All right. Uh, let's get you the uh, the latest here, Maxie. We do have uh, a few games right now. Arizona continues to... Uh, have a little bit of breathing room over Wright State, one over 16, 82 67. The Wildcats, uh, right now with about two and a half minutes left to go. Uh, at last we checked, uh, Iowa State and LSU mentioned, uh, Gabe Kalsher had four in the first half. Right now, Iowa State up on LSU, 31 to 28. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, the final Illinois, the four seeded Illini. They got a scare. I thought the Mox got a pretty good look, Maxie, at the end of that game. They got a good shot from about, Maybe 15 feet off the left elbow. Yeah, and, and that's where you go. Either you make it or you go home, right? Yeah, and the Illini, uh, they survived 54-53. Duke, Coach K, uh, moving on as the Dukies, 78-61 over Cal State Fullerton. And uh, we got uh, four games that have yet to tip off. Coming up in about 17 minutes, it's fifth-seeded Houston and 12th-seeded UAB in the south. Uh, in the west, one more Big Ten team, Michigan State. And at Davidson, that should be a fun one right there. Uh, Third-seeded Wisconsin in the Midwest. You talked to uh, John Bryant earlier. Yeah, take it on Colgate. Yeah, they take on uh, my daughter picked Colgate because it's toothpaste, uh, yeah. for, the, for the record. It's clean. It's clean. Um, fighting the plaque they are. Uh, Wisconsin at Colgate at 8.50. And then at 8.57, the final game of the first round features uh, A-seeded uh, Seton Hall. And the Pirates and uh, TCU, the Horned Frogs, Nine uh, seed, right? Yeah, the nine seed that is in the south. Yeah, Arizona going to win this one going away with Wright State. Um, last night we were getting ready to do the news, and, and this happens, and not that people at home care, but you know, you're watching the game, getting ready to do the news, and all of a sudden you're going, there's a chance this could go to overtime. And that's like the worst thing you want at that time. Yeah, right? I, mean, you, I, you I just, love watching a good game too, you know. And this game was great, right? Yeah, Murray, it was. Murray State yeah. and, um, San and, and San Francisco. And it, I mean, it was a terrific overtime. Uh, but I didn't get home till after one of the morning. <laughs> and I, I don't want to think that selfishly. But one of the reasons that I don't do pools and and, and uh, pick the brackets if I can avoid mm-hmm. it is I hate the thought of rooting against a kid that I know nothing about or getting angry with the kid because he yeah. doesn't perform up to to what I need him to perform to so that my brackets are better. And I always feel bad and guilty about that. I, and, and that's a problem that people – I've never understood that like – I love to have skin in the game, whether it's, you know, fantasy in the NFL or the NBA or the NCAA. But but I will never understand, Maxie, the point that people get so upset and start lashing out at people they don't know, and especially kids. It's like these athletes went out there. They didn't go out there with the intent of costing you money. Like they went no, out there just playing, they're playing and, they're and playing. you know what? Everybody makes those mistakes and it's just, 
I, I cannot understand the people that get so wrapped up emotionally and, and are just so negatively charged when something happens. It's they take it personally. See, you, you need to realize that this it's fun. Like to to look at the bracket, it's fun. Like a story like St. Peter's in Kentucky, yeah, it blew up a lot of brackets. And, that, and that's why I want to be able to enjoy that. I don't want to be able to look at that. You feel go, like you won't oh, be as objective? no, I'm out now. Yeah. Kentucky, I had going to the Final Four. Now I don't want to look, watch a game like that. That's why I didn't do brackets. Because I don't want to watch a game like that. I, I want to watch a game and go, mm-hmm. gosh, this is fun to watch this game. Yeah, and I would hope that you know people would look at the story like UMBC several years ago. Um, you know, George Mason, yeah. you know, George some, Mason, of these, yeah. some of these schools when oh, they just showed Loyola, the, uh, Loyola of Chicago. Yeah. It's like you look at these schools and at what point do you get, you get over the fact that your bracket got busted, but it's just a great story. Yeah, oh yeah, man. And, Loyola went down there to San Antonio. I mean, we, we were down there doing, we were, I was working the final, we went down to the final four because it was coming here next year. Mm-hmm. And, and Loyola's got their fan base small, but, uh, you know, boisterous and yeah. you know, we're walking. We go, well, let's do something with a Loyola fan just that, yeah, because we're doing down stuff for, well, and so I grab a Loyola fan and I, I interview her and, uh, and I said, you seem to know a lot about this program. She said, I should. My husband's the coach. <laughs> oh, see? Yeah, yeah so that, that, that was down in San Antonio. And it's, it's a great, great human interest piece. It was a great human interest yeah. piece. Obviously, uh, uh, Sister Mary got all the uh, attention that went with it. But uh, it all made sense, and you need something like that. Everybody everybody loves Sister Jean. And that's Sister Jean. Just, yeah, and it's like if you have one identifiable character of an, under, uh, an underdog program that people attach yeah, themselves you, to. You, you need one. You're, you you're need blue bloods, too. But you need one. Yeah, I, I feel like the blue bloods though are are kind of like the heels, right? They're like the bad guys, and they are. But but, but yet you you want to see the best play mm-hmm. too, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I remember a couple. E- even if you want to root against them, you you want to have a blue blood in there uh, to root against. You yeah. don't want you don't want two Cinderellas because then you don't know who to cheer yeah. for. Yeah. I, I remember when um, if, if St. Peter's would end up playing San Francisco, you'd go, "What am I going to do?" Yeah, I know. Um, well, like when when the uh, the last one was here in in 2019, what? Auburn, Texas Tech, Virginia, and uh, Michigan State, and I remember that it, you know everybody's so excited. Man, if you get Coach K, you know could win his third one here. Well, Trey Jones was on that team. He thought he was going to come home for yeah. his freshman year with Zion and Zion too. Yeah. I mean, people like Zion. Yeah, and Coach K family. would have been three for three at Minnesota had he won that tournament, and they were the favorites going in. Yeah, and yeah. then everything kind of falls apart, and you're like, well, okay, well, you know, where are we going to get the story from? And and yeah, you don't have to worry about that. You'll find one. Yeah, it, they, and they, there was a gr- well played Virginia with Coach Bennett and mm-hmm. you know Dick Bennett, who we were talking about before coming back here. It was fun stuff. When we come back, we got a fun story, uh, not a fun story, a serious story on the on the rally tonight uh, about a guy who's a referee and a sports parent and a firefighter, and he makes that that, that commitment to make a community go. What happened to him and what happened to the community? Uh, coming up next, stay with us. Tom Buddy joins us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. He is the fire chief in uh, Melrose. And uh, I was up there earlier this week to do a story, the story uh, compelling, uh, because but one of the guys he fights fires with over the years that he's good friends with, a uh, guy that uh, runs the uh, food services at the school. He's got three kids that participate in sports and you know, referees at the side. He's one of those guys that makes the makes the town of Melrose go. And... Uh, until this winter, and we'll get to that in a minute. Tom, thank you for joining us. Hey, good evening, Mike. Glad, glad to be a part of your 
your show. Yeah, we're going to play this, uh, do a TV uh, special on tonight on our, on our sports rally after the 10 o'clock, on the 10 o'clock news, uh, which will get on me a little late because of basketball tonight. But explain who Aaron Schmitz was. You know, Aaron Schmitz was uh, a very dedicated guy. He was uh, a gentleman that dedicated to his family, uh, like you mentioned earlier, the, the, the Kim and the three kids, and then he was uh, dedicated to the uh, the community of Melrose, um, serving on several boards and, and serving on the Melrose Fire Department for 20 years. And he was also dedicated to his work. Uh, like you mentioned, he was the uh, cafeteria, the food service director at the Melrose High School, and every kid knew him. He knew every kid. He was... He was the glue for the uh, for the community. And you worked with him side by side. I mean, literally going in and fighting fires together for years, right? That that's correct, Mike. Uh, Aaron and I joined the department uh, twenty years ago. The first uh, come January, this past January. And let me tell you, um, when you talk about brotherhood on different things, and I don't think people really understand it until they actually go through uh, some of this stuff. And, and on the fire side of things. Uh, we would go into fires. He had my back. I had his back. We knew as a team we were gonna we were coming out together. He was just he was he was a brother to me. And, and people have probably denoted that we're talking about him in past tense. Explain what happened this winter, just uh, less than a month ago. Yeah, yeah. He uh, uh, went into uh, had a, had a situation with his appendix. Uh, got transferred down to the St. Cloud Hospital. Got out complications to the uh the uh, surgery uh had had a seizure and 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 sunday evening uh, basically uh, six days later had uh, two seizures and was unable to uh to make it through those two and it just it, it's devastating to the community 46 years old three kids uh, mentioned a brother to you on the fire department what was that period of time like for you and as you got the call when, when did you know that, that that the outcome was not going to be uh, what anyone desired you know, uh, it was uh, when you're on the department, uh, you can hear the, uh, the the pagers go off uh, when ambulance and different departments go off. And I, we heard the ambulance get called to this house, and I just it, it brought a pit to my stomach. But thinking, okay, we've got we got excellent uh, healthcare services in, in the sure. community that they'll they'll get him. And then uh, uh, Kim uh, actually had the doctor call me Sunday night. And tell me the news at ten fifteen that uh, he had passed away. He didn't make it. I'm like, you're kidding me. And it just, it's like you, you just freeze. It, it, I guess there's no better way to say it, Mike. It just, you just froze, and it's like this can't be true. At 46 years old, I just talked to the guy. I mean, we had, we had some things. We had a relationship that was just unbelievable. Mm. Now, five days later, after his death, part of the story tonight. Um, He's got a son that's a senior on the basketball team at Melrose, and as most schools do at the end of the year, they have a, uh, a parents' night or a senior night, whatever you want to call it, where the uh, player walks out with the uh, senior you know, senior member on the team and they honor them uh, before the game. And so that was slated just five days after his passing. And obviously uh, his mother's still with him, but his father uh, no longer. Uh, explain what happened next. Sure, sure. So Sunday night, my wife and I go up to the hospital. We just, as as the fire department, we're, like I said, we're one family. We want to be there to support her and the kids. And and we were talking with her, and she said, oh, all Aaron talked about when he got home from the hospital was his 
I'm going to walk out on the court, Derek, with you for senior night because I know what it means to you. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And when he couldn't and, and Kim was talking to me about that, I said, Kim, I said, there's 24 guys that will support you, Aaron and Derek. We will walk out on the court if, if that's what you want us to do. She looked at me and she says, yes, I want you guys there because I know he's a part of your family and you're part of our family. Please, please have us walk out on the court with us. And so you so did. We we did. And let me tell you, um, there was not a, a dry eye on the court. Mm. I mean, the, the school system, that's his workplace. Everybody knew him. Aaron was at just about every home game, whether it be uh, working the concession stands, helping out, making sure the food was going good. But everybody knew him. He refed uh, lower-level games, so the younger kids knew him. And so when we walked out on there, and then the coolest part, I think, Mike, was the whole gym just stood up and applied for about five minutes. Unbelievable. How is his son handling it? You know, it's, uh, I, I, we all process things in our own time. And, yes, and we do. He, 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 he's talking through it a little bit and it's, it's, it's a struggle. Um, and I, yeah. I truly believe uh, they made their first round of playoffs and uh, they won the first game. And I, I truly believe that was that was for for Aaron, and Aaron had a hand in it. So, because yeah, they were the big underdog in that game, <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, it. Uh, when I heard it, brought tears to my eyes. And I was one. I'm like, uh, you guys did it for Aaron. I it just, I, I that's what I feel, anyways. But yeah, yeah, you're right. He, um, Derek's, Derek's doing well. Uh, the younger daughter, Jaden. Uh, she's she, she's doing okay. It, yeah. it, it's a, I think a little more of a struggle than than the older girl uh, daughter Stephanie is is she's struggling like with it as well. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah, there's yeah. there's no easy way through this. Uh, you no. go for appendicitis and you, and you don't come out and you're 46 years old and you've got this wonderful personality that everybody especially. But there's also something uh, about being in a small town when that happens, particularly when you're active in a small town like he was, and and to be amongst right. people like yourself who are also active in a small town like that that make the whole thing tick. I mean, that that, that fire department that you've got, that, that really is quite a fraternity, isn't it? It, it is. And, and seeing the guys that came forward and, and I threw out to the guys, I'm like, you know, we got to wash the trucks. And, I mean, this is this is kind of, this is the big big thing. We got to make sure the trucks are cleaned up and ready to go and, and everything's done. And, and, man, I I mean, everybody was there it it i would get messages throughout the week is there something chief that you need me to do is there something that we can do for kim i mean we we cooked meals for the kids i mean the department as a whole uh, I, I couldn't be prouder i mean they came together and they they're supporting kim and the family as best as we can well you guys keep up the great work it was so impressive to watch what you've done and uh, i can just see the spirit that you have as a leader uh, for that entire fire department, and we'll bring you the story uh, with pictures tonight uh, on our 10 o'clock news as part of a rally. But, Tom, thank you so much, and I commend you and wish you, uh, I know it's tough times for everybody, and, uh, you know, keep healing one day at a time, buddy. That's all we can do, and I appreciate all that you've done for us to bring this to light. I mean, it's, it's fabulous. It's a great story. Unfortunately, not in the best light we'd like to see. We'd like to see a different outcome, but it, yeah. uh, thank you for all that you've done, Mike. It's It's been a pleasure. Tom Buddy, uh, Fire Chief Melrose uh, had to lay one to rest that they never anticipated before. Uh, when we come back, we got, we got another team in a national championship game, a local team. We'll go live to the scene when we come back on Sports to the Max. 
Welcome back, sports to the max, NCAA tournament time, March Madness. Minneapolis North posting an impressive 80-52 to win over Maranatha tonight to go back to the state tournament. Should be good. Eli King and Caledonia, who could be their biggest uh, competition in 2 way, uh, won last night in overtime. Uh, Eli King is going to um, uh, Iowa State next year. And a uh, great athlete, great player. He's one of the players to watch and certainly one of the top players in the state. Uh, so there you go. Um, we've got a crew up uh, watching Princeton and Becker tonight too, which should be really good. It's probably over by now. But uh, Princeton has just drawn rave reviews from people. And if we all time to beat Farmington. Farmington is one of the better teams that I saw in the state this year when they played well. If they beat them, they're pretty darn good. And if Eden Prairie beat Shakopee, Shakopee's really good. To get them this time around at Shakopee's a tough thing. So Hermantown, who made their name uh, in uh, hockey, turns out they got a pretty good basketball team as well. They beat North Branch tonight 59 to 53. So here they come. The Hawks coming back down again. Why not uh, to play some basketball? Uh, this time, Fergus Falls winning big tonight in girls basketball over Minnehaha Academy. Uh, earlier, Providence won uh, in a good game. Uh, they look pretty good against Albany. And then Hancock, gee, they, boy, did they shoot the ball well, the Hoot Owls. And, uh, and they were very impressive in winning. So too was Minnie Minnie comes back uh, for another chance to um, uh, uh, win another state championship. This would be their third straight with one interrupted because they were in the semifinals that year that it got uh, uh, called off because of covid uh, so all of that is on the line. We hope to have Mike Carroll. He's the head coach of the Gustavus women's hockey team, and they are destined now for the uh, national championship game. Uh, they won, so um, they move on uh, to play in the uh, finals. I don't know who they're playing in it, uh, but we'll keep you updated on that as well. Augsburg plays tomorrow night with a chance to go to the Final Four, uh, and tomorrow is just going to be an incredible day for sports. At, at 4 o'clock right here on WCC. We got we got a great we got a double header really because we got the Twins playing at noon, and then um, they'll take us to about three thirty. Then about three thirty, the old uh, pregame kicks in, and then at four o'clock, the Milwaukee Bucks and the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves at Target Center, and uh, obviously the Bucks coming back, the reigning champions. If you if you watch this team, if you recall, uh, back in um, uh, October, uh, the Wolves went into Milwaukee. Milwaukee was struggling a little bit at the time, uh, but not the point. Um, the, the, the Wolves beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. And I, I still believe it wasn't necessarily a turning point in the season because they had a couple of slumps after that, some, some short slumps, but they, they, they found a way, uh, to beat Milwaukee that night. And I think gaining a great deal of confidence, self-respect and respect in the league. And I think some of that carried over there. In an 82 game season, you have very few signature wins, but that would have been one of them. Usually, yeah, you usually got five or six if you, if you, if you make a big move. Um, I don't know if the one the other night qualifies because they played the Lakers and I said this there and I, I'm out there and I'm going, Hey, uh, where are the Lakers? Uh, are the Lakers not going to show up tonight. I mean, the, 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 the uniforms are the same. Um, the, the, the names in the back are the same, but it sure doesn't seem like it's the Lakers. And, uh, you know, uh, you go well, and you realize um, that they're not going to um, they're not going to turn the switch. It's not possible. You know, Russell Westbrook isn't going to become in his prime overnight. Neither is Carmelo Anthony. Neither is 
um, and LeBron James. LeBron was probably, you know, LeBron was just missing free throws and he just looked off. He did. He, he, he looked really, really off. Um, and it's like he, I mean, he'd, he'd take the three pointer and he'd be 23 feet out and he'd come up short and you'd go, how is that happening? Same with Carmelo. It's like, it's like their legs are giving way. And I can remember many years ago, I'll never forget this, going out to, um, Target Center, and I don't remember who was playing for the Timberwolves at the time, but they were playing Charlotte. And Patrick Ewing uh, played his final year in, in, in Charlotte. Uh, you forget this stuff, right? In New York Nick, obviously. Uh, but he played his final year or two, whatever it was, in Charlotte. And, and you know, they brought him in, you know, probably uh, give me 15 minutes and we'll be a playoff team, all those things. I don't recall. But I remember watching the game and going, I really feel sorry for Patrick Ewing because his coordination isn't there. His hop isn't there. His sense of timing isn't there. It just doesn't work. And um, I just remember going, okay, that's what it looks like when you're no longer in your prime. And that and that's what the Lakers look like. And it was you know, kind of sad uh, that that's what they look like, but that's what they look like. Uh, uh, Tubbsy, you're going tomorrow to the Timberwolves game, right? Yes. Yeah, we are uh, – we are – Going there, and I, I'm excited to see Giannis, but this will also be the first time that I'm getting a chance to see Anthony Edwards. And I mean, right now the Wolves, they kind of seem to be the it team in the NBA that people are like, what's going on with these guys? I mean, the, the Wolves haven't been relevant at this time of the year in years. I mean, the one hiccup a few years ago. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the environment will be against a top of the line quality team. With the reigning MVP, the reigning NBA champs, uh, I I want to see with the measuring stick. I want to see what it looks like in person. Yeah, you're going to get a look at it, and uh, and then they get Dallas, who's another team they're chasing in the standings, obviously. Yep. Uh, and so yeah, that, that's all good. It's good to see what they can do and uh, uh, see if they can you know if they can do anything with these teams, these the, these big boys that they're kind of looking at and lurking with in the. Uh, uh, standings and, and, and there's an outside chance they can still catch Denver, but either way, you just want to find out where they stack up and what the realistic expectations would be, uh, in a playoff series. Right now, they would go play Golden State or Memphis, and I don't think either one of those would be good matchups for them right now, but that's not here nor there. You're looking for progress and you're looking for, you know, uh, not just this year, but am I, am I interested in watching this team next year is where this thing's at. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I give the Wolves credit for the soft underbelly of the schedule that they, Went through and they beat teams by, you know, 20, 30 points. And that's what you're supposed to do because these were games historically that the Wolves probably would have stubbed their toe and they would have been the team that, you know, would have been that speed bump. But they, they did exactly what they needed to do to put themselves in a position where I don't know if, if they're going to be able to catch Denver or Utah or Dallas. I mean, if they're in that seventh spot, I think they're in a prime spot to move on because the only thing that, would concern me, yeah, if, if LeBron does catch fire in a one-game playoff, but what we saw a couple nights ago, you're like... Nothing. Bring him on, man. Yeah, not, nothing about that team. Plus, you, you can still win your way back even if you lose the first one, you know, so it's not yeah. like it's lost. On a, uh, yeah, it's in, not a one-and-done. Yeah, and, 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 but I think it would take all their energy, all their strength, the Lakers, that is, to beat the Timberwolves at Target Center based on what I saw the other night, even if they do have Anthony Davis. They don't have the point guard that really makes them go right now, you know? No, I, I, I think, mean, the guy that can take the pressure off of, of James and these guys and just make them shooters and uh, get them one-on-one and isos, they, they don't have that right now. That roster got old really quick. Yeah, they're going to have to rebuild that whole thing. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do that, how they're going to get out from under it all. Obviously, they'll, they'll allow LeBron to keep playing. Anthony Davis still has years left in him. But if LeBron is getting old, 
uh, you got a big problem. Yeah, it, you got to blow it up. You, you got to do. But the good thing is about there, Tubbsy, mm-hmm. you know, hey, raise hands. Everybody wants to come out and play in L.A. Lots of hands go up. And, and that's and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you're going to go out there and you're going to play. But to me, when I hear the the speculation, oh, LeBron's going to go. LeBron's not going to go anywhere else because he's in L.A., LeBron's got one foot out the door. I mean, he, he can't he can't take you there again. So it doesn't matter if he goes somewhere else. You yeah, know? I mean, his right now everything for LeBron is about his entertainment company. He can say he's about the basketball. He's about the entertainment company. He's about producing. He's about directing. He's about doing other things. You do that in L.A., right? So to me, it's like the Lakers. That window has has firmly closed. You're going to have to blow it up, and. Do you? LeBron doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, but yeah, the the thing is, like the Lakers are kind of handcuffed right now because they got all these broken down stars. I mean, Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, and I mean, you know, you know what, James Worthy, and you know, Cooper, and you know, <laughs> Magic, and Byron Scott. Thank you, Hammer. Yeah, you know, I mean, Sven Nader, Kurt Rambis. You know. I know those are Kurt Rambis, the former Timberwolves coach. Yeah, yeah. We had Michael Thompson the other day. He was a good backup there for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I guess this HBO documentary they got, or whatever you want to call it, a series on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Have we had any reviews on that thing? It's about the Lakers back in their glory days. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's got John C. Riley, and I like John C. Riley, but he's in a comedic. I, I He's a comedic guy for me. What I don't role know that I can take play? him. To, does he play Pat Riley? I don't. I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to watch it. Uh, this weekend and give you give you an update. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, th- those things are always a little bit risky if you know the pe- people that are really involved because sometimes they can become bad actors. Yeah. Steve Thompson's in next. A lot on high school sports and a busy day coming up tomorrow. Almost historical day in Minnesota. A lot of sports going on. He'll have it all covered when we come back on News Talk eight three zero WCCL. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.